James O'Keefe and Project Veritas have released their Expose CNN story in which a whistleblower at CNN secretly recorded people for months, provided that footage to Veritas where they've published it now with an interview. So here's what I want to do in this video. I want to talk about my personal thoughts on this story. I do believe this expose from Veritas is extremely important. And I'll also address, address some of the criticism. But I want to talk about the bigger picture about trust in media. So I'm gonna, we're going to go through the Project Veritas story. I'll tell you some of the key points they've uncovered in their expose. But I want to stress, and I'm going to say it, don't trust the media. I, I, and, and let me qualify that statement, okay? Watch the news. Read the news. Be informed. But you have to go one step beyond. You should never just believe what you're told by people on TV or on the internet. The same is true for me. The same is true for James O'Keefe. Fact check to the best of your ability. At the end of the day, we all choose who we trust, but we cannot just blindly trust the media. In this expose, we can hear from the president of CNN himself referring to factual news as, as fake news conspiracy, blaming Fox News. And it really does seem like he is a partisan actor who is not fact checking what he's seeing. Dare I say it, the media has created a whirlpool of fake news and they're all swimming in it, consuming the same fake stories. And I'm going to prove it to you to the best of my ability. And I will leave you with one final thought. Fact check me. Do not just trust what I tell you. Okay, I there's a reason why you come to my videos and you now see the big source bigger than my face. I want to make sure you know when I tell you something, it's coming from somewhere. But here's the thing. I just cite these stories. I try to dig through them and figure out what's true. And in reality, often they could be wrong as well. So let's take a look at this story from Project Veritas. But there's something important I have to do, which I don't normally do. We can see this tweet from James O'Keefe. We are trying to get the full 16-minute video uploaded to YouTube showing the, the uh, CNN footage. YouTube is not allowing the upload. He said he was going to upload a bit shoot, but eventually the video did publish. I'm not surprised this happened. I, I can't tell you why it happened. Sometimes videos get held up, yes. The last time I did a video about Project Veritas, YouTube deleted it outright without notifying me. And it turns out it was because there was a name. There was a name in the background on the website, a publicly available website. So they deleted my video. I believe they did this at the behest of the company in question. So I'm going to blur the Project Veritas website because I can't get rid of every instance of the names in their exposés, and I'm not going to read the names except for Jeff Zucker. The individual employees, I'm not going to reference, but you can go to Project Veritas. It's publicly available information. So let's get started. Before we do, head over to timcast.com slash donate if you'd like to support my work. There's a PayPal option, a crypto option, a physical address, but of course, the best thing you can do Share this video. It's entirely possible this video gets removed at some point because, well, Project Veritas is, you know, man, they walk on the razor's edge. But let's be real. This is one of the few outs I'm absolutely willing to use, even though NewsGuard says, you know, they're, they're not credible. I disagree. I believe there are very few people doing what Veritas does. I believe that Veritas does basically the same thing we've seen from other mainstream organizations with undercover reporting. And I do believe Project Veritas has their own bias. But of course, everyone does. That's fine. The bad, what's the problem is when you end up with big media outlets pretending like they're giving you the facts, but they frame things in a way that trick you. Now, I'm not going to speak on behalf of Veritas. I'll levy the same criticism at literally everybody. Just fact check all of us. I'd be willing to bet that Project Veritas would tell you, do the same thing. Read their story and then go and look for yourself. Decide for yourself. 
But these big media outlets will tell you they're the most trusted name in the news. Facts first. They're going to tell you, they'll tell you what a real apple or banana is. That was actually a CNN campaign. So I think be, uh, be wary of anybody who says, just trust me. No, 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 no. Don't just trust anyone. Don't just trust me or James or the media. Do what you can to figure out what's really going on. Let's break this story down. They say CNN insider blows a whistle on network president Jeff Zucker's personal vendetta against POTUS. Whoa, whoa, personal vendetta. Well, let me say something. In the video, one of the employees actually says, yes, Jeff Zucker has a personal vendetta against Trump. Whether or not you think it's appropriate for a headline, I think it's important to note you are going to see the critics saying these are just low level employees. It doesn't mean anything. Well, hold on. If this is how several low level and mid level employees feel, then I think it's fair to say that there are people at CNN who are tired of this fake news bias. One of the most important things in this video released by Veritas is that Jeff Zucker refers to a story cited by Ron Johnson, calling it fake conspiracy nonsense, blaming Fox News. The story was real. It was from Politico. The media is duplicitous and deceitful. And I can't tell you why. But when you fact check this stuff, you'll start seeing it. And this is what scares me. So let's, so let's read the key points of the Veritas expose. He says, Carrie Porch, who works at CNN's Washington bureau, says, I decided to wear a hidden camera to expose the bias. In fact, in the story, he said he was going to quit, that he was tired of it. He says, you know, Jeff Zucker on this phone call says that Fox News is a propaganda machine. And he said, what are we doing? We're doing the same thing. And therein lies the problem. We know Fox News has, has biased, opinionated hosts. They talk about it. They admit it. They know it. Don Lemon, on the other hand, claims he's not biased. We'll get to all that as well. We'll go through all this. The New York Times didn't want people appearing on CNN because they were partisan. And CNN tries acting like they're not, but they are. The guests they pick, the narrative they push, it's very obviously partisan. You want to call them trusted? I would say no. They actually have several phone calls from the 9 a.m. rundown. And here's what's crazy. They actually had a phone call this morning where Jeff Zucker was addressing Veritas. It's quite incredible. Um, so definitely check out Veritas. See the story for yourself. I want to make sure I make that clear. You got to fact check me, same as everybody else, and decide for yourself. So in one instance, Jeff Zucker tells staffers that impeachment is the story. Now, this is, this is another important segment. One of the producers says that MSNBC is going to be running this big thing on, on the Second Amendment with Gabby Giffords Pack. And Zucker says, no, I don't care about that. Impeachment is the story. Now, here's the thing. Let's start light. That's fine. It's a business decision. Jeff Zucker says, I don't, I don't think we should focus on that. It's not a big story. I've had conversations like this. People say, hey, should we talk about this story? And I'm like, look, we have to make a choice. What do we think is the most important thing right now? We can talk about the Democratic debates or we can talk about impeachment. But here's the thing. The other employees caught on, on hidden camera then go on to say, at there are many times that journalists say, I want to do right journal, you know, by journalistic ethics and integrity. And Zucker comes out and says, no, we're doing Trump. And that was one of the one of the concerns brought forward by the whistleblower and other staff members. They're tired of it. One guy saying, I am tired of talking about Trump. Boy, do I hear that? <laughs> Me too. I'm glad Veritas had some big story to come out today. So I don't got to talk about what the president had for lunch yesterday. But people at CNN feel it. And this is another really, really important takeaway from what Veritas is exposing. It's not every employee. It's not every single employee, but you can at least see that there is dissent among the staff there. They are tired of being told by the highest, the highest uh, staffer, the highest, uh, you know, uh, individual, Zucker, that they have to 
just keep talking about Trump. No, CNN, you don't. Employees uh, ordered by Zucker to knock off friendliness towards Lindsey Graham. Now, I'll, I'll, I'll play this one, you know, let's play both sides here. Saying you shouldn't be friendly to Lindsey Graham, I think, is inappropriate. Saying you should challenge him, absolutely. We can be civil, we can be friendly, and we can be direct and challenge. I think uh, uh, James would have no problem with me saying I, I believe he has a bias and you should fact check him because he's literally saying the same thing about others. That's the important point. I can be friendly with them, I can be critical of them, and I can highlight their work and we can get along in the process. At the end of the day, I think there, while there is a difference in the politics of, you know, me and, and, and Trump supporters and people like James, one thing that, that actually we agree on is you should, know, you should know the facts and you should know if someone's trying to manipulate you, you know, absolutely manipulate you, or if they're just not aware. So one CNN a staffer, he said that Jeff Zucker has a personal vendetta against Trump. You get, to, you, you get in on the 9 a.m. call and the big boss, big boss Jeff Zucker, he t- effing tells you what to do. There's a floor manager who says it's the Trump network. They sold them souls to the devil. This is dissent within CNN. I wonder how many other people are just upset by it. There's, a, there's one point in it where one man, he's a, direct, a floor director, says we created this monster. The media created Trump, he says, and now we eat a full plate of every day. There is an insinuation among many of these staff that they're aware that the free press they gave to Trump through all the controversies in 2015 resulted in his winning. And I think they're guilty about it. Perhaps Jeff Zucker knows that by chasing Trump nonstop, it helped him. And perhaps now he's saying maybe we need to do something else. But in reality, he's doing the same thing. Their obsession with Trump is, is absurd. What we see here and why this is important, let me say, is this the highest level of, of CNN staffers saying things like, ha ha ha, we're going to defeat Trump? Not necessarily. But it is Jeff Zucker talking about how Fox News is fake news, conspiracy nonsense, and he's wrong. He cited a fact-based story from Politico, or he was referencing it. He didn't realize it, but he called it conspiracy Fox News nonsense. Guess guess what? Jeff Zucker probably got that story from another media outlet that failed to fact check. I kid you not. So here's, let me me show you this story. From Business Insider, GOP Senator Ron Johnson had a Fox News conspiracy meltdown on Meet the Press and changed his story on Ukraine. Business Insider pushed the story while I watched the interview. In fact, Ron Johnson referenced Politico. Yes, there is a story in Politico, several actually, referencing Joe Biden's soft corruption and referencing the Ukrainian efforts to sabotage Trump. This was in 2017. How is it that they can report these stories? Politico can. And then a couple of years later, when it's being cited saying we need to do something about it, the media comes out and calls it a Fox News conspiracy. I'm sorry, this is, this is off the wall nuts. Jeff Zucker in that Veritas video refers to Ron Johnson specifically saying that Fox News' conspiracy nonsense is, is deeply embedded in this country. Stop. Full stop. CNN, what do you think you are doing? I'm not going to sit here and play defense for Fox News. It wasn't a Fox News conspiracy. It was from Politico, mainstream publication whose reporter now works for The New York Times. But CNN is literally the same thing. And I'll tell you what's scary and why this is, it's significant. For one, the staff at CNN know it's a problem. They, they've spoken out to their coworkers. It's time people at CNN speak up about this more. So it was very brave of, this, uh, of, of Kerry Porch to come out and do this. He was going to quit. And he decided to show people what people actually think inside CNN. Is CNN biased? You better believe it. But the important takeaway here, one of the most important things, and why I think the Veritas expose really is significant, is that Jeff Zucker 
cited fake news in why he is motivated to go after Trump. Look, man, you don't have to like the president. I can say this every day. I was recently very critical of Trump's moves on Saudi Arabia and the, and, and the hypocritical nature of his statements. But that's fine. So long as we're having an honest conversation about what's going on, we can discuss opinions. But Jeff Zucker at CNN is saying this story from Politico is Fox News conspiracy nonsense. I'm sorry, he drank the Kool-Aid. He drank the propaganda. Listen, the people in media, they started, put, they started misframing stories for clicks. They started reading those misframed stories, and now they're trapped in that world of fake news. And they think it's you or me who's trapped in that. But I can prove to you that's not the case. And allow me to show you, well, I can. Take a look at this story from Business Insider, who I just recently criticized. Keep that in mind. These are the most and least biased news outlets in the U.S., according to Americans. I want to tell you why I think there's a divide and why I think this is more detrimental to the left. For the most part, we all agree Fox News is biased. We do. Check this out. The number one most biased site, according to this, this study, was Fox News. Democrats scored at minus 87. It's, it's on a scale of uh, zero to 100, with negative being more biased and positive being less biased. And Republicans only gave it a plus three, meaning Republicans are only somewhat willing to accept Fox News. Isn't that amazing? Whereas Democrats overwhelmingly reject it. That's fine. Same is true for Breitbart. In fact, Republicans also believe Breitbart is biased. But let's do this. Let me show you some data. And I'll tell you exactly why I think this is detrimental to CNN's viewers and the left. Let's be real. I'm trying to zoom in here. What you're seeing here is the actual report, the breakdown of who perceives bias in the media based on whether you're a Republican or a Democrat. On the Democrat side, we can see from the Wall Street Journal, CNN, USA Today, Washington Post, NBC News, The New York Times, CBS News, NPR, ABC, PBS, AP. They're all viewed as less biased. And then you have MSNBCs perceived as slightly biased, Vox, HuffPo, Mother Jones as relatively biased, Breitbart and Fox News as extremely biased. But the most important thing is that Democrats overwhelmingly trust the media. That's a mistake. And we can see that according to Republicans, they overwhelmingly distrust the media, or at least view them as biased. Even among Republicans, they only give a a slight positive rating to the Wall Street Journal and Fox News. No, they don't cherish Fox News or Breitbart. They think even Breitbart is biased, more biased than Vox. The most, the the least biased, but still biased outlet according to Republicans is Vox. Isn't that incredible? What that says to me is Jeff Zucker is on this side. They're regurgitating their own fake news. Republicans are distrusting it. That's why they're on alternative media, and it's why many of them are doing their own fact-checking, and it's why it's hilariously, uh, there are many times I'll do a video and I'll see in the comments people correcting me. It's because these are people who are online, who are seeing a story, and then are looking it up. And a lot of the people who now support the president, or at least are coming out and blowing the whistle on CNN, are not even Republicans. I was recently accused of being a Trump fan simply for criticizing the media outrage over that Kingsman video meme. Did you see this story today? It's going crazy. Somebody a year ago made a meme video of a scene from Kingsman with Trump's head over the character of, you know, Colin Firth, where he, you know, goes on a rampage, to say the least. I criticize media outrage because it's fake. I was called a Trump fan because of that. No, it's not true. It's just not the case. We can all be critical of the media. When you distrust the media, okay, you're more likely to see what is actually going on. And that's, and that's a sad reality. But I've got some examples for you that we can go through. 
I'm not going to pull up this article, okay? I can't because it, it's even though, even though it's footage of a gu- of a gun show, YouTube. I'm trying to be very very careful on this video to not give them any reason. But today, ABC was called out and had to apologize. Check this out. World News Tonight correction. We've taken down video that aired on World News Tonight Sunday and Good Morning America that morning that appeared to be from the Syrian border immediately after uh, uh, from the Syrian border immediately after questions were raised about its accuracy. ABC News regrets the error. You see what happened was they aired footage from a military show that was just a, a weapons expo of some sort showing this and they claimed it was from the Middle East. This is why I'm telling you not to trust the media. I'm not saying don't read the media. I'm not saying, you know, uh, what I'm what I'm saying is absolutely watch and then you're going to have to fact check it yourself. None of us are 100% correct. What you're getting here is my personal opinion, my subjective worldview. The same is true for the whistleblower. He's explaining to you how he feels and how other people feel. You're going to have to figure out for yourself who to trust and why. And that's the most important takeaway from all of this. I'm not here to say journalists are all evil liars. Many of them are. Many of them are trapped in their own cycle of BS. But many of them make mistakes. We have seen mistake after mistake, especially with Russiagate. I find it utter hilarious that Jeff Zucker is going to complain about Fox News when Fox News was right on the Russia stuff. Okay, come on, man. We know you and MSNBC have said the most absurd and outrageous things. Let's not play games here. But here's the problem. Republicans don't trust the media. Well, good. It's good and it's bad in a lot of ways. It means they might fall for, you know, one of the ways I've explained it is you've got to trust the media to a, a certain extent, but don't just blindly trust them because you'll see these mistakes from ABC and you won't see the truth. People are going to share this video saying you need to see this and then no one's going to investigate. You need to take care, excuse me, to make sure you are, are fact checking to the best of your abilities. And here's the dangerous circumstance. And this is why journalism is, is over, in my opinion. It has never been the job of the citizen to be the journalist. The journalist collects and disseminates information and tries to inform you to the best of their ability. Now it's, all on, it's on all of us because they're chasing a profit motive. I genuinely believe Jeff Zucker, for one, has drank his own Kool-Aid and is believing fake news. It's not a conspiracy. It's political reporting. Okay, there's multiple stories on this. It's a fact. Ron Johnson cited Politico. And it's not even the first time MSNBC has accused somebody of being a conspiracy theorist or a Russian propagandist. It's absurd. But I also believe Jeff Zucker is driven by the profit incentive, that he knows that Trump bump is juicy, impeachment, impeachment, ignore everything else. But aren't other things important? Doesn't matter. This has been on the screen for quite some time. How much of the news you read or watch comes from news organizations that are generally blank in their point of view? White liberals typically only read or watch liberal news. Moderates typically lead, uh, lean liberal, but get a decent amount of conservative. Around a third to a half of what uh, moderates consume will be conservative. I'm sorry, a third, not a half, a third. White conservatives get just about two thirds from conservative outlets. This is an important thing I've highlighted in the past. It shows you why moderates and conservatives probably agree on a lot, because we mix our media diets up. I listen to what people like Hannity has to say. Not a big fan for the most part of his, of his opinions and political stances, right? But that's fine. I'm willing to hear him out. And I think this is a really, really important takeaway from you know, everything we see in media. You'll see these activists claim that Trump supporters are cult-like and you've always got to be praising Trump. Oh, that's ridiculous. I have a bunch of Trump supporters who email me every day saying they completely disagree with me on politics, but they appreciate that I try my best to listen to their actual arguments, not just make things up or that I'm willing to criticize the media for being mad about a scene from Kingsman. Yeah, we agree on a lot of cultural things like 
Video games are fine. Movies, please calm down. Memes are funny. But the media tends to have this fake outrage for the sake of just, I guess, outrage. So if you don't fact check, if you only read one side, don't be surprised when you're getting all of this fake news. But I'll tell you what's really interesting. The Veritas video uh, is the first of many, and I think it will inspire more people to speak out. Because what we learned from the whistleblower and from James O'Keefe is that it's not just this one person who's, who's filmed this and is blowing the whistle on the, on, the, on the bias, conspiracy nonsense of CNN. It's that he actually filmed other employees agreeing with everything all of us are seeing, that CNN has, has, has along with other outlets, they've totally lost it. You know, and th- uh, this is the story I referenced earlier. I want to show you the source. Don Lemon sours on New York Times for directing reporters to avoid highly partisan cable shows. These employees at CNN in Veritas's video say straight up, Don Lemon's anti-Trump. He's a partisan actor. He's not giving you the facts. He's giving you his personal left-wing opinions. And they act like they're not. So what, what, what can we do in the end? Well, I do want to end with one more final thought on this. Don't, don't, do not leave this believing. It is only the conservatives and the moderates who see this problem. Make no mistake, the progressives have seen it for a while now. Take a look at this story. I want to say, man, we're all in this together. We're all people, regardless of whether you're a conservative, a progressive, even a socialist. And I mean that. There is an establishment line. There is duplicitous behavior. There's manipulation. And they want to support certain candidates and take down other candidates. And that might be Trump. It also might be Bernie Sanders. Take a look at this. CNN accused of manipulating Bernie Sanders' footage to make him look unwell. And they've been accused of doing this to Trump as well. It's very strange. Take a look at this image. This is someone from CNN interviewing Bernie Sanders, but Bernie Sanders is very red. His skin is flushed. We can see here, this image says CNN and reality. In reality, Bernie wasn't bright red. But here's the important thing you need to notice. For those that are listening, I'll just explain it to you. In the image of Bernie, whose skin is bright red, you can see the grass has a yellowish reddish hue to it. And you can see in the other photo, the grass is green. It's very strange, isn't it? I'm not saying CNN did this on purpose. I don't know. But people on the left, fans of Bernie Sanders are pointing this out, saying, why is the color off? The lawn is nearly muted and the reds near the house are practically pink. It's true. It looks as though the footage published by CNN, for whatever reason, makes Bernie Sanders look completely flushed. This was just after his heart attack. But don't, don't, I won't stop there. This user, Chicken Hern Burn, I, I, I don't know what that is. But they filmed a segment that shows CNN claiming Bernie Sanders had a stroke. I kid you not. Bernie Sanders did not have a stroke. Bernie Sanders had a heart attack. Okay, I feel for him. I, I wish him the best. But I want to stand here in complete solidarity with the supporters of Bernie Sanders. I used to be a big supporter, a big fan of Sanders. I've soured on him a little bit. That's fine. I will completely, 100% defend Bernie Sanders and his supporters from the media lies, from the, from the PR game the lies and the manipulations. Bernie Sanders did not have a stroke. His skin was not flushed. But why do they do it? I can't tell you. Was it on purpose? Maybe she's just wrong. But it leads me to one point in all of this. You cannot blindly just trust the media, not me, not James, not CNN, not Fox, no one. It's, it's, it's preaching to the choir because, <laughs> I mean, there you go. You can look at the data. Republicans already don't trust the media. They barely trust Fox News. Or I should say they, they consider them biased. So it seems that those who are Republicans are more likely to be skeptical because they'll see a bias, at least possibly. 
I think that's the right move. And I think it's not, it doesn't change my policy opinions. It certainly changes my understanding of the world. When we learn that ABC put out uh, fake footage of the Middle East was actually just a weapons expo, military expo in, 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 in Knob Creek. I believe it's called Knob Creek. But you can see that Democrats just overwhelmingly see, see these outlets as not biased, as viewing them as, as objective. And they're not. ABC with 56 positive from Democrats. Look, ABC got rid of Brian Ross. Okay, you remember that? Because he botched a story. Journalists make mistakes. Corrections happen. I respect those corrections. But they do prove a point. You cannot just trust everything you read. There's something you should look up after this called the Gelman amnesia effect. When you're an expert, me, I'm, I'm a skateboarding expert. I know everything about skateboarding. I personally know several pros. I grew up 20 plus years skateboarding. I read a story about skateboarding and I laugh at how wrong it is. And then you turn the page, you find a story about, you know, the Middle East and you're believing it like it's real. This is called the Galman amnesia effect that you'll, you'll see a story in which you are the expert, like you're, you're, a, you're a carpenter, you read a story about carpentry and you laugh at how the journalist gets it wrong. But then as, as you turn the page and find a subject you're not an expert on, you assume it's true. You cannot blindly trust the media. Now I'll end with one, one thought. There's going to be a lot of people saying, oh, so what? We, we knew that CNN was biased, okay? Or, or they're going to say, you know what? This is, this is not true. You're attacking CNN. Listen, man, we can all sit here and assume that we've seen the bias. But what we see here from, a, from an employee recording other employees, we can see that even within the company, they know it's true. Employees within CNN are on camera saying the company is biased. Zucker has a vendetta against Trump. That's important context. Maybe those employees are wrong. Fine. But we can see the employees believe this, not all of them, just enough, enough to show us that for one, we can see that they're actually good people at CNN who are, who are now becoming disillusioned and outraged by the constant Trump cycle. Respect to those people. I hope they come forward and speak out. They're going to be scared of losing their jobs, I'd imagine. But here you have a guy, you know, Kerry Porch, who had nothing left to lose. He was, he was so fed up with what he saw, he was willing to leave. And he decided he was going to show people. That is a CNN employee of several years saying, People need to know about this. Respect. Now we can see that there is a perceived bias even within the own, their, their own company. But go to allsides.com and you will see that they straight up say CNN has a lean left bias. And this is not the TV. This is just the website. They say this. CNN displays opinion level content alongside hard news on the homepage, making it look like the opinion pieces are objective fact-based news. Okay. So there you go. I'll leave it there. Uh, go to Project Veritas. Check it out for yourself. And I'll stress, Veritas gets a, a, a red exclamation point rating from NewsGuard, meaning that they're, they're considered not to be credible. And I believe this is another big aspect of the bias across the board. There are very few outlets I would ever consider using. I do this for a reason. NewsGuard is a third-party agency. I believe they're biased as well. I, you know, everybody has some kind of bias. They think Veritas is, is, is wrong or bad. But you know what, man? Other networks have used the same tactics as them. And because James is, you know, doesn't disclose who works for him and how he gets his funding, that's a huge red flag for NewsGuard. So I can accept that. But in the end, the footage doesn't lie. And the whistleblower, he's telling us his view on the world. Footage can be edited deceptively, can be edited out of context. That's all true. But look at what these people are saying. And look at what this whistleblower is saying. He is telling you he worked there. This is not just one of James O'Keefe's people going into CNN. This is somebody who worked at CNN who came forward. That is a story I am absolutely willing to point out. But in the end, I will stress, 
you know, I always try to use NewsGuard certified outlets to make sure people can't just deny what I'm telling you when I have it pulled up. Well, Veritas doesn't meet the, you know, the, the same uh, standard that NewsGuard wants. But in the end, I believe that very few people are doing the kind of work that James does that needs to be done. Look, people have a right to privacy, but when there is wrongdoing and, and deception and it's dangerous for our country to a certain extent, it's important that people hear about this. So props to the whistleblower. I think James has done some good work here. And uh, I, I, I wish things weren't so divided. I'll give you one final thought on this. This is a long video. I'm sorry. With Jeff Zucker blaming Fox News for being conspiracy nonsense, with many of us pointing to CNN's conspiracy nonsense, at the end, I'll just say, you got to do your research, but it doesn't matter if it's true or not. CNN, while their ratings aren't the highest, they're powerful. And it shows you this, this, this stark divide in our country where people literally believe the other side believes conspiracy fake news nonsense. I, I assure you, all of us, we know we're right, right? I mean, I showed you the data. Republicans do not trust. They believe these outlets are biased. I've pulled up this stuff to prove, to, to back up what I have to say. And we know we're right. But then these people on the other side, mostly Democrats watching CNN, just say, yeah, but CNN is the authority. They must be right. I think they're wrong for doing it. They think I'm wrong for not trusting them. And therein lies the big problem. Even if we know we're right, what do you do? And the sad thing is, I think it's great that we have now hard confirmation in, from employees inside CNN saying, hey, this company's biased and we know it. I think it's important now that we can all say, here are some definitive statements. This is the proof we needed because we all kind of saw it. It won't change any minds. They're going to start smearing James O'Keefe. They're going to accuse him of lying. They're going to accuse him of taking things out of context. I absolutely do not believe that to be the case. You would have to assume that this guy who worked at CNN is lying as well, and that makes no sense, okay? The simple solution, a CNN employee was tired of the bias, and he, and, he, and he is here to tell you that other employees feel that same way, that from the top down, from Jeff Zucker, they believe their own fake news. Stick around. Next segment's coming up at 6 p.m. YouTube.com slash TimCastNews. I'll stress it again. Watch the video for yourself. Go to Project Veritas. Check out the video. Don't take my word for anything. I appreciate all of you who trust and respect my work. And I think part of that is because I'm willing to tell you that for one, I don't think I'm always right. I know I get things wrong. I will absolutely correct if I make a mistake. And I want you to fact check me all the time. I'm just a dude reading through these stories and trying to the best of my ability to figure out what's really going on. Thanks for hanging out. I'll see you on the next segment. Journalists and left-wing pundits are outraged at a meme video of Donald Trump's face superimposed over Colin Firth in the scene from Kingsman where he goes in a church and massacres people. The scene has, this meme video has Vox, CNN, and Mitt Romney's faces superimposed over the churchgoers. In one part of the film, Mitt Romney jumps on Trump's back and knifes him in the back. Well, they're outraged because at a Miami resort, Trump supporters played the video. <gasps> Egad. First, apparently none of these journalists have seen commercial and box office smash hit Kingsman, which is a great movie, by the way. Part two, not so much, but it wasn't bad. Uh, but the first one was really awesome. And this scene particularly was incredibly well done and gratuitous. See, in the original scene, Colin Firth is driven mad by, everyone in the church is driven mad by this technology that makes a sound that makes people really aggressive. Colin Firth being a gentleman spy with, with insane skills, particular set of skills that makes him a nightmare for people like the bad guy in this film. Well, he uses those skills to basically murder everyone in the church. Journalists are outraged because Trump supporters showed this video. So let me tell you a few things. First, the video is over a year old. 
So, I've, so I, I tweeted this. I've learned a few things today. One, these journalists have never seen Kingsman because they literally describe scenes in the movie in the utmost, like, most horrific way. Like, at one point, Trump spins around and, and slams a book into the throat of Rosie O'Donnell. And it's like, dude, we get it. We've seen Kingsman. I understand. You don't need to describe the scene for me. It was a huge movie that made like 400 or 500 million dollars and got a sequel and probably another one. Uh, oh, yeah, the, the new sequel is announced. It's like, uh, it's a prequel, though. I'm stoked for that, okay? It's gonna be like olden days or something. The point is, the video's not new. What the story really is, is that people were watching YouTube videos at a Miami resort. Is this video inappropriate? In my opinion, yeah, yeah. Look, I, look, the movie from the scene borders on inappropriate, but I get it, man. It's culture. It's a film. So I want to make a very, very important point in this video. And I am going to break a bunch of YouTube rules in doing so. And you know what? It needs to be said. That means this video is going to be demonetized. It will likely be suppressed. I don't care. I talk about what I want to talk about. That being said, um, share this video if you think what I'm about to tell you is important. I'm going to highlight the hypocrisy of the media. I'm going to, I'm going to talk about the mass murder of Christians and how nobody cared. And we're going to talk about the, using the media's narrative, like I did with Joker. I'm going to tell you a story and weave you a narrative as well. One that's truly horrifying, but proves a point. When they said the Joker was a right-wing incel movie, they were lying. And now that the movie's out and people can see it's actually a rather anti-austerity, you know, tax uh, wealth inequality narrative behind the film, they cannot, we can now see the truth. Let's talk about the outrage over Joker. Um, light spoiler. They told us Joker was going to be a movie for incels. It would inspire violence. It turns out in the film, the protesters are protesting the wealthy. And, and, and the underlying motivation for the protesters are wealth inequality, like Occupy Wall Street. And they look very much like Antifa in some scenes. In fact, someone has a sign that says fascist. They were scared saying, this movie, what is it going to do? It's going to inspire all this violence. Okay. Now that we learn that Joker has a more left-wing narrative, did they come out and say it's going to inspire Antifa? No, of course not. It was only a threat, a threat they made up when it was potentially from the right. I am not a, con- I'm not a cr- conservative and I'm not a Christian. I hate media hypocrisy. They talk about the Joker film and they were terrified of it. And they said this should be a warning about the potential for violence. They said nothing when Kingsman came out and in a scene, Colin Firth executes a caricature of Christians going to mass, just brutally and savagely kills them all. And where was, uh, where, where was the concern over the Christians who could be victimized by those inspired by an overt act of violence seen on camera in Joker? Is there any scene where Joker says anything about inceldom or targeting women? Nope, not at all. There, it is light on the action. Yet they told us it would inspire violence. Why? How about a scene where a guy literally goes into a church and kills every churchgoer? Now, all these journalists are saying, but he's targeting the media. Oh, poor babies. You think you're special. That's the only reason they care. They think they're better than you. They're more important. You know, I'll tell you one thing. I'm going to show you something that's going to get this video demonetized and deranked hard. Absolutely. Because I'm going to be talking about mass tragedies and church shootings. It's going to get bad. But I want to tell you something. You know, the other day I was at a restaurant. It's a very delicious restaurant. It's Indian food. And they had newspaper clippings on their wall, like framed. And I thought to myself, like, I wonder why that is. Like, why are they proud that some $30,000 a year, you know, worker at a local paper came, at eat, came to eat their food? You know, it's just, 
it's it, they, it's I guess the attention. It's like people noticed me. It's it's important, and they really do care what the media has to say. I guess. And this is just a local paper, right? They're like, look, the local paper came and they praised our food. I mean, it's good because it's kind of like a Yelp review. You can talk about how you're praised, sure. But I always wondered, like, what? Why is it that anyone cares what a journalist has to say? The reality is, these are people who have cultivated followings, and that's about it. Now they're using that to peddle influence. And of course, when a video emerges, which is actually satirizing an existing bit of content where Christians are murdered, all of a sudden now they're, oh, egad, gasp, oh, heavens, no. Oh, how could you do that? Even Trump has apparently denounced the video. Now I will stress, I think the video is inappropriate because it takes something from fictional reality and puts, you know, reality on top of it. I was critical of the movie The Hunt, right? Let's talk about this. Why is The Hunt, you know, not as controversial? I mean, they canceled the film. But how is this any worse than that? What about Snoop Dogg doing that music video where he points a gun at Trump's head? What about Kathy Griffin holding up a severed head? None of that was a problem for any of you? Now let's get real. I'm going to play the media's game. You want to see how they do it? Oh man, I'm going to enjoy this. Let me take you back to the release of the film Kingsman. Do you know when Kingsman was released? Kingsman was released in December of 2014. They say it's an edited scene from the 2014 dark comedy Kingsman, The Secret Service. It shows Trump's head superimposed on the body of actor Colin Firth. Yeah, we get it. He's fired at the Church of Fake News. Uh, I believe it was uh, early to mid-December. Do you know what happened about six or seven months after the release of a film depicting the mass murder of churchgoers? Do you want to know what happened? I'm going to tell you what happened six or seven months, and it's going to get this video in trouble. But I'm going to do it anyway. How about six or seven months later when Dylan Roof went in and shot up a church? Interesting, huh? Now, of course, they'll tell you on the left, but he was a white supremacist. It's totally different. I don't care. We're going to play the media narrative game. In a scene where churchgoers were mass murdered in violence with a gun and shooting, did this inspire Dylan Roof to go into this church? Dylan Roof was a psychopath, he's a lunatic, an evil piece of scum. This should not in any way reflect on the movie Kingsman. That's the reality, I know. But think about how the media plays these games. Think about what they would say when something like this happens. Was, were they inspired by right-wing, you know, Joker film? They desperately wanted the Joker to result in something. Check this out. Huffington Post. 6-18-2015. My, that's just about seven months after the release of the movie Kingsman. Dylan Roof was planning Charleston shooting for six months, roommate says. Could we then, as a media outlet, say, perhaps after seeing the movie Kingsman and the mass murder at a church, it opened up Dylan Roof's mind to this as a, a potential location to take out worshipers? Within a month, he was planning his attack. Within a month of the release of the film. Let's be real. I really don't think so. And of course, you'd say people in the media would say it was a totally different circumstance. He was targeting the black community. He was a racist. I accept all that. Yeah, absolutely. I, that's true. The, the issue I'm bringing up is when the, when the media wants to spin a narrative, they don't show the, the context. They don't say that Dylan Roof was probably not motivated by a movie. He was motivated by insane ideology because he was an insane person with, with disgusting, disgusting worldviews. And he committed an atrocious act, and he's getting the death penalty for it. You know what? I'm not for the death penalty, but there are, there are certain things, you know, where I, where I see the will of the people to a certain extent. And I'm kind of like, you know what, man? I'm, I'm very anti-death penalty, but I understand nuance, and I understand I don't, you know, Dylan Roof, right? 
It makes it, 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 makes it really hard to hold your convictions when you think we shouldn't have state, uh, state you know, sanctioned uh, killings. But Dylan Roof, man, sometimes, you know, it makes, you, it makes me, even me question my, my, my beliefs on whether or not we should have it, but he's getting it. And you know what? I'm not going to argue. I'm not going to argue. There's, there's other reasons to argue, but in this specific case, this guy's nuts. Here's the problem. All these journalists are now acting like Trump's trying to inspire violence against the media or something. But they, but they don't care when a movie like Kingsman actually depicts this gratuitous scene and it results in this. But I'll tell you where it gets worse. There have been at least two that I, that I believe, um, two instances where uh, black men have gone into churches and killed white people. This was in May of 2019. Man in church shooting aimed to kill 10 white people. Actually, this might be, uh, this might be, okay, so, so I think this was the one, one incident. There may have been one in, in 2015 as well. I think this may be the one incident. So this is a guy who in 2017 went to a church and was aiming to kill white people. It was a massacre. Uh, he said it, he did it, uh, he cited the Dylan Roof incident. So let's, 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 you know what, man? It, this is the point. Would, would, do I think it's fair in real life, like in reality, to say that Kingsman inspired any of this, this chain of events? No, of course not, dude. I mean, it's possible that this, you know, created an idea in someone's mind, but the reality is I'm not going to blame a movie for a scene. I didn't see conservatives marching in the streets or shrieking in outrage that a movie depicted, you know, churchgoers being killed. They just, uh, in fact, a lot of conservatives liked the film, even though it did depict these characters being murdered. But now the media is shrieking and crying as if they've been slighted because they're fragile babies who think they're better and smarter than you and they deserve special privileges. I'm sorry, dude. We actually had somebody plan a mass shooting at a church just about a month after the release of this film. We then had a man seemingly in retaliation for that attack, go and attack a church full of white people. Can we, can we play the game? No. But all of these stories come out. You have The Hunt, you have Kathy Griffin, you have Snoop Dogg, you have all of these depictions of violence against conservatives, and you have literal violence in the street just the other day against Trump supporters in Minnesota, where dozens were attacked, their hats were stolen, people were smacked around, pushed, shoved, and it's just a reoccurring theme. I think violence is wrong. I think we need, to, we, need to, we need to evolve as a society and figure out how to solve problems without using violence. Wouldn't it be great if that instead of war, we played soccer matches and it was like, yeah, you lose your soccer match. There you go. Actually, uh, I just finished rewatching this anime. It's called Yu Yu Hakusho. You, you, some, I bet many of you know what it is. If you don't, don't worry about it. Basically, the, the ending saga is that there's a potential war brewing and the main character decides, why don't we have a martial arts tournament where the winner becomes, you know, we, we avoid the war by just having a tournament every few years as a sort of like democratic approach. The strongest person can be in charge. And I'm like, you know, I'm thinking about that. I'm like, that's actually a, a great idea. You know, sort of, sort of. I think democracy is a great idea. But the idea being that instead of having everyone kill each other and fight in this mass war, we just have like, a set of rules and, and a certain competition. And if you can win, then there you go. We're going to avoid killing each other and concede if we could ever get to that point. But anyway, you know, we, we, we have violence against conservatives and the media doesn't say anything. We have uh, Antifa going around starting all these fights and the media actually defends Antifa. We have one fight breakout in New York and all of a sudden the media is like, oh, that proves that the Proud Boys are evil. It's like, what about literally every other fight that broke out where Antifa showed up and, and started acting a fool? Yep. Nothing. In fact, there's not even a bunch, there's not even very widespread coverage of what just happened with the Antifa guy dying in Portland. They don't think it was related to left versus right. 
We don't know what happened, but somebody shot at a car and the car crashed into the Democrat headquarters. And where's the big media outrage over the potential for violence? They ignore it. Where was the outrage that, a, that an IED was found at a police station in, in Eugene, Oregon? They don't talk about it. Where was the media outrage after a guy showed up at a school in Eugene, Oregon? Uh, I believe it was Eugene with, uh, with a concealed gun and drew it on police and the police. You know, nowhere to be seen. But they now want to get angry. Because somebody made a meme video a year ago. A year ago. You know what? Look at this. Look at this. Oh, how glorious. Kathy Griffin. I'm depicted as being murdered by the president of the United States in this video. The left, right, and center left me hanging out to dry regarding the Trump mask video. Please don't let it happen again. No, this video isn't a joke to his followers, and it will not be taken as such. Is that what you're saying about yourself, Kathy Griffin? That when you made that photo, it wasn't a joke to your followers and they should take it seriously? The hypocrisy knows no bounds. And this is why I just can't stand this, the elites of this country. To an extent, that can include Trump in a lot of ways. But for the time being, I see Trump as being targeted unfairly all of the time. Trump is worthy of a lot of criticism. But come on, man. Kath, look at this. Kathy Griffin holds up a bloodied head. And now she's saying what this video is that was denounced by Trump, that wasn't made by him and was made by some random person on YouTube. That's his fault now. These people have no shame, no principles. And this is the, one of the biggest problems we face as a country. You want to talk about actually instituting policies to help people, actual liberal and left-wing policies? I am right there with all of you. These people do not believe in that. These people just say whatever they got to say to get attention. But do you see any of them coming out and condemning China? <laughs> of course not, because that would threaten their money. The bottom line. Come on, baby. They don't want to risk that sweet green. That's what all of this is about. They pretend to be outraged because they are the snooty privileged elites. It's a big club and you ain't in it. And you know what's funny is Trump isn't in it either. He used to be. Kind of. He used to be in that club. He was a celebrity. He was on TV. You know, they, he was a contentious to an extent, but people loved cozying up to that rich billionaire man. Let me come on that show. Give me some of that sweet moolah. That's all they really care about is power. So I'm not going to act like Trump's perfect by no means. But Sir, Trump, for whatever reason, has certainly offended their delicate sensibilities. And now they're outraged and Trump is being attacked in the media and Trump supporters are attacked in the media for basically the same thing that they do. I'm going to go back to the Joker. Because it is the most annoying and insane and frustrating thing. Not once did I hear a peep that Kingsman was going to inspire violence against Christians. Nobody cared and nobody acted like it was the end of the world. Because guess what? It wasn't. It was a movie. It did not inspire these people who went on to commit these, these, these crimes. These people were, were, were driven insane by other reasons. Movies did not cause this. You have Look, even if you get the idea from a film you don't act on it unless you're nuts. I'm not going to act like the movie had anything to do with it. But boy, did they play that game with Joker. I am sick of the hypocrisy, the lies, the smears, and this ridiculous attitude. Yashir Ali, who's normally really, really good, and he's not t technically bad for the most part, even on this take, she's quoting his tweet where he says, as much as I hate to post this, given how much people are talking about this story and that it involves the president's club, his supporters, and an organization that supports him, here's the video in question. Listen, listen, man, it's on YouTube. It is on YouTube. I'd be willing to bet this club played a series of clips from YouTube. It's entirely possible it was on autoplay. It is a parody of the scene from Kingsman. That's it. You know, there's a point where I mentioned Mitt Romney stabs Trump in the back. That was the joke on purpose. Okay? The video's a year old. 
and now they're all outraged, and it is just completely, completely nuts. We have actual violence, you know, where Christians are being, are being killed in churches by white supremacists and people retaliating against white supremacists by killing innocent people. Let me tell you this, man. What Dylan Roof did, in no uncertain terms, was psychotic and evil and disgusting in every, capos- in every possible way. And this man who showed up to the church afterwards, citing Dylan Roof, doing the same thing, what makes you think killing innocent people in any way serves your purpose? These people are psychotic. I don't think the movie had anything to do with that. I think we have deeper problems in this country. But the media wants to act like they're such poor victims because somebody somewhere played a YouTube video. I am just sick of it, dude. Trump did not make this. Trump did not tell them to make it. And in fact, Trump actually denounced it. They say this. He strongly condemns the video. It's from Stephanie Grisham. This is the game they play. So I'll tell you this, conservatives. One of the things that really bothers me too, you know what show I hate above all else growing up? This is going to be totally seeming like it makes no sense. I can't stand shows like Ed, Ed, and Eddie. You know what that show is? It's a Cartoon Network show about three kids who are losers. Can't stand it. I, I also can't stand Married with Children. I cannot stand shows where the protagonists are pathetic losers who never fight back and never, like, and never win. It's annoying. And that being said, you know what bothers me? It bothers me that now Trump is condemning a video he hasn't seen because of fake media outrage. You know what, man? You've got a ton of 501c3 nonprofits that are not allowed to engage in politicking that do it every single day. Their mission is to smear the right. And what does the right do about it? Do they go, do they go to the IRS? Do they stand up? they fight back? Of course not. Of course not. I said this you know, a year or so ago at the beginning of, of this big wave of, of censorship against conservatives, Republicans in Congress are too stupid to stand up for free speech to realize they are going to be wiped out when this, when this comes for them. And guess what? Only a year later did they start realizing these problems. And that's fine. That's fine. You know, I, I'm glad to see many of them now standing up for the, pro- the threat against free speech. But it was hilarious when Trump supporters were being purged from Twitter, high profile personalities were being wiped off Facebook and YouTube, and all of these big politicians, you know, on, on the Republican side were just like, oh, I don't know what you're talking about. Why don't you know what's happening to your own constituents and your own supporters? Why is it that when Ilhan Omar says a bunch of offensive things that offends everybody, they don't condemn her? She issued an apology, fine, but they sanctioned all bigotry. And then when Steve King does the same thing, the Republicans have no problem coming out and saying enough. I actually think in a lot of ways, this is a good sign for Republicans, but it's also a problem. The first thing is, I respect, you know, Trump for coming out and condemning the video. I do believe the video is inappropriate. Fine, but it's a meme video on YouTube. I get it. I think it's, it's, I think it's inappropriate for a lot of the, you know, for people like Stephen, uh, Steve King to say what he said. I think good, good riddance, get rid of the guy. And Ilan Omar too. The problem is, not so much that uh, uh, conservatives shouldn't do that. They, conservatives and Republicans absolutely should weed out the bad, and that shows principle. But you've got a big problem in that all too often conservatives are willing to overstep. Trump should, you know, I don't know whether or not Trump should have come out against this video. Maybe he should have waited to watch, watched it, whatever. The point is, the left doesn't play by these rules. Kathy Griffin can come out with this photo, and yeah, she got, you know, it, it, it hurt her career for sure. But then she can act like she's outraged over this meme video. You get these people that come out and say, harumph, harumph, oh no. They say nothing about Snoop Dogg. They write an article about it and they say, oh, it's controversial, but do they condemn it? No. Now you have all these journals coming out and be like, oh no, the president must condemn. Here's the point I'm trying to make. Let me ask you a question. 
and, and if you're a conservative, you can, you, can, you can answer this. Why is it that every day they target the NRA? They try to destroy the NRA. They target nonprofits that service the right. They smear them as hate organizations. They get them banned. They get donations pulled from them. And then you can look on the left and see other 501c3s that are, that are uh, restricted under IRS rules from engaging in political behavior. Literally, there are several organizations that are 501c3s that are barred from directly uh, politicking, writing op-eds all day, every day, tweeting about it, no problem, making direct partisan stances, and no conservatives ever do anything about it. So no, you know what I mean? So, what, what, you know what? I'm not the first person who's brought up this kind of criticism, but I'll just say this. There's a reason why I don't care for anyone's tribe. I get it that the Republicans and the conservatives are trying to act within principle and say, you know what, this is a bad video. That's respectable. And then you have the problem in that when you play that game, the left doesn't play by the rules. It's a fact. And you look at Ilhan Omar. They decided to condemn bigotry in all its forms and not her for her overtly offensive statements. Fine, whatever. They have the nonprofits that basically violate IRS rules or have the lawyers to allow them to get past it. You have story after story showing the Southern Poverty Law Center being what they describe as a scam. And someone nearly won a Pulitzer Award, or like a, uh, I think it was a Pulitzer, for uncovering the racism in the SPLC, and they had to fire, or, or they forced several executives to resign. And they still exist. Where is the pushback? Where is the fighting? Nope. It just doesn't exist. Whatever, I can't tell you why. I, I, I'm just sick of this stuff. This is a long video. In the end, it's fake outrage. Nobody really cares. Stop acting like anyone does and tell these people to shut up. The movie was a smash hit. I'm sick of the hypocrisy. I'll see you guys at 1 p.m. Uh, on this channel in the next segment. There are many people in media who defended Antifa. At the same time, they try and defend the Democrats. See, what they don't realize is that they have let a fox into the hen house. Antifa does not like liberals. They do not like the Democrats. Case in point, Antifa has vandalized Oregon's Democratic Party headquarters. And this is following a tragic story where an individual was, ki- uh, an individual was killed leaving this uh, cidery, a cider riot, and uh, an SUV crashed into them. Someone fired guns. The driver apparently fled. According to local activists, I'll give you a refer- for those that aren't familiar with the, the underlying story, they don't believe the SUV that killed the Antifa guy was related to fascist activity, in which case my assumption as to what would have happened if that is true is that these Antifa guys were leaving a bar, uh, a cidery. Okay, it's not a bar. It's a place where they make apple cider and probably were drunk. Something happened. It was an accident. But then someone started shooting at the vehicle. So I can imagine that's a pretty good reason to flee the scene. It could be the SUV driver was drunk. Who knows? All we know is that the truck that crashed or whatever vehicle it was had bullet holes in it. Well, in response to this, Antifa showed up and vandalized the Democratic Party. I want to give one bit of respect to Antifa. Oh, yeah, I mean it because they accurately call me a liberal. Yes, of all of the people, you look at these forums and, you know, I've seen some left wing forums where it's mixed Antifa and like identitarian leftist progressive types like, you know, AOC's fans or whatever. And those kind of people will be like Tim Pool is right wing or whatever. And I love seeing Antifa and the anarchists be like, no, he's not. He's a liberal. I'm like, yes, <laughs> that's the point because they hate liberals. They absolutely do. They hate the Democratic Party. Fact. You know, I get really annoyed when I see a lot of people like Trump supporters will say Antifa is the military wing of the Democratic Party. It's not true, dude. They hate them. The, what, what's, what's, what is true is that the Democrats 
courted this behavior. People in media defended this behavior. Congratulations. You've let a fox in the hen house. Now the Democrats get to reap what they sow as these far leftists seek to destroy them at their core. And that I'm paraphrasing from the Young Turks. Now, I'm not saying the Young Turks are Antifa. I'm saying there, are, there is a sect of leftists who want to eviscerate the Democrats 100%. And they show it here when they vandalize a building that was just a, a, a car crashed into. Let's read the story from Town Hall. On Sunday, members of the Antifa movement in Portland, Oregon, held a remembrance event for an activist that was killed. During the demonstration, they vandalized Oregon's Democratic Party headquarters. Named Light the Sky for Sean, Antifa used flares and fireworks in honor of 23-year-old Sean Akilaher, who was killed in a hit and run near a popular uh, pub for members of Antifa. Akilaher was, well, uh, was, was, well was a well-known member of the group, and Rose City uh, Antifa said, our sources indicate that this was not related to fascist activity. I don't know who their sources are, but I imagine it must have been people on the ground who witnessed it. And I have to imagine it was an accident. That's about it. I, I don't see what else could have happened unless the dudes were like in the street, car blew the light. Maybe they were crossing and, and hit them. Like, like it, the, maybe the car blew through the light. Maybe they were crossing at a light, didn't see them. I don't know. I have no idea. We, 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 uh, I've got some new reporting here we'll show in a second where apparently there were bullet holes, and that's important. During the demonstration over the weekend, that went into the early morning hours on Monday, rally-goers spray-painted anarchist symbols on the Oregon's Democratic Party headquarters. One person climbed the ledge and spray-painted over the American flag that was on the building. Antifa also chanted, ACAB. I'm not going to tell you what it means. It's all cops are, you know, B-word. And so then we have a bunch of videos that were posted where you can see them actually engaging in the vandalism of the Democratic Party headquarters. Police are investigating Keelher's death as a homicide. Detectives will examine evidence we have now talking to witnesses, seeking witnesses, and trying to get more information from them, not only about what happened at the scene of the crime, but what led up to it, said Sergeant Kevin Allen, a spokesperson for the Portland police. So in in the latest story, I I think the important context here is that initially, um, I'll give you a few updates because I did did cover the basic story the the other day. Uh, but the basic story, no one was sure what really happened, right? The, the car hit some Antifa dude, Antifa dude died, someone shot at the car, the car crashed in Democrat HQ. And immediately based on those facts, we started seeing chatter in these far left forums about being armed, about them defending the, the, the shooting at the vehicle. And so if you take a look from their perspective based on that information, it's not hard to imagine a situation where Antifa guys are outside of this bar an SUV is driving by and hits some guy. So the other dudes pull out their gun, start shooting. The SUV crashes into a nearby building because it's literally the other block. It's like you have, you have the cider place and then around the corner is Democrat HQ. So they may have been going like this, hit the person, crashed into the building. They may have crashed because they were being shot at. The person may have fled because they were being shot at. From the perspective of these leftists, the story they heard is it was targeted. They went after the Democrat HQ. They, went after, they, they, they killed this Antifa guy. But then they started defending the shooting at the vehicle. And it's like, can you, can you put two and two together, man? Can you start to try and imagine what may have happened if a vehicle was getting shot at? So it took off. And now they're calling it a hit and run. And that's technically true, but the vehicle had bullet holes in it. So at a certain point, I got to say, you know what, man? I don't trust Antifa. We know that they've, they've been armed 100%. We know they bring weapons and we don't know what happened. We don't. I don't, I don't know. It could have just literally been an accident. SUV driver could have been drunk. So uh, there, there is a little bit more uh, information and updates. 
because they've they've now given greater context to this this uh, Antifa guy who who was killed. And so I'll read a little bit about this. Some context on Cider Riot for those that may have missed it. So it's important. They say Cider Riot at Northeast Eighth Avenue and Northeast Couch Street was the site of a brawl earlier this year between far right protesters and club patrons. Six men were indicted for rioting in the case. There you go. Gregory uh, McKelvey, a prominent Portland protester and campaign director for mayor, mayoral candidate Sarah Iannarone, remembered Kelleher as a young anarchist prepared to demonstrate for any cause that needed a hand. Now, interestingly, they go on to bring this up. A far-right journalist posted two videos after Kelleher's death that he claimed show Kelleher behaving aggressively while protesting pro-Trump student meeting at Portland State University and berating a cameraman. Yes, uh, I believe they're referring to Andy No, uh, who posted, you know, some videos of Kelleher threatening people and, and telling people he's going to break their camera and stuff like that, you know, whatever. Personally, I think we should hold off on that kind of stuff. Come on, man, dude just died. Let's, let's, let's try and simmer things down and not inflame tensions. This is, this is dangerous. You've got a lot of people on the left acting like this is, you know, an escalation in fascist violence or whatever. And so that was the, one of the main points I made in the uh, other video. It doesn't matter what the facts are. It doesn't even matter that, you know, Antifa said, local Antifa said it wasn't fascist related because you're seeing in these forums people saying, get armed brothers. They're saying it's a good thing they were shooting. So... You know, I'll, I'll talk about a few more things right now because uh, as of as of right now, there is a huge story because some somebody made a meme a year ago about Kingsman and Trump, and now everyone in media is shocked and outraged. And so I did a bigger segment on it earlier, but I just want to point this out, man. We have this this the kind of violence, right? This story may not be anything, right? Uh, it, it may have been an accident. I want to make sure that's clear. But Antifa is defi- like it, it is vandalizing Democrat Party HQ. Meanwhile, no one's talking about this. No one's talking about Antifa showing up and vandalizing a building after a dude died. Regardless of what your political side or opinion is, I think this is a way bigger story than somebody watched a YouTube video. I kid you not. They watched a YouTube video at some conference that wasn't a part of the official event or something. It's ridiculous. At the same time, we have this footage also uh, from Andy No of uh, a couple people walking through a crowd of protesters and someone smacks this young woman in the face. This is not being talked about. They're so concerned about meme videos, and they say Trump supporters are endorsing violence, but video after video after video shows the violence, property destruction is coming from the left. Somebody responded to this video saying, it happens on both sides, be quiet. Oh, please. I would like for you to find me a video of a group of Trump supporters showing up to a Hillary Clinton rally and beating people up. Look, there's been violence. Protesters inside Trump rallies getting punched, we've seen it. It's not, it's, it's, it's not that it doesn't affect everybody. It's that clearly it is, for the most part, one-sided. Trump supporters didn't show up to the Democrat HQ and start spray painting. In fact, it was a bunch of Republican headquarters that got attacked. It was ICE facilities getting attacked. Okay, now we have a story about this Antifa guy. And in response to, to the violence, they take it out on the Democrats. Why are they spray painting this building and targeting the Democrats? Nothing to do with this. You know, I think it's because the, the reality is there is no principle. There is no cause. There is only the violence. There's only the destruction, the, the destabilization. This person died. We don't know the details. Eh, take it on the Democrats. They don't like Democrats either. These people are getting attacked. Where's the media? Where's anyone in media highlighting the what? 800 plus uh, instances where Trump supporters have been attacked. And then we hear from Antifa. They say, but what about the extremists on the right? Yeah, they're bad too. Okay, we're, we're done. In response to these attacks, do you see Trump supporters going out and vandalizing Republican headquarters? That doesn't even seem to make sense. The fact of the matter is, and what I wanted to highlight, is that 
The Democrats, for one, are, are facing an internal struggle between the far left and the more moderate actual political class. You have Republicans who have no problem getting rid of extremists. They've denounced them and, and, and condemned them. Even Trump's condemned this meme video. Well, there you go. On the left, they've embraced it so much, they're now fighting a battle for the soul of the Democratic Party. It's possible AOC loses in 2020. We'll see the sentiment of the people. But I believe polarization is inevitable. And I believe for the most part, it's the left. And it's for one simple reason. Right now, the media is shrieking at the top of their lungs over a meme video. That's it. It's, 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 a, it's a scene from a popular movie. And when this violence happened and dozens of Trump supporters got attacked outside this rally in, in, in Minnesota, not a peep, nothing from, from these big media outlets. And so what ends up happening is you see all these people on the left not living in reality. Do you know what I'll tell you this? You find a moderate Democrat type person who's going to vote for Bernie or I, I say moderate Democrat as in like not super political, not extreme. And you tell them that Antifa is, you know, des- is vandalizing these, these, uh, this building and they're going to be confused. But the media told me anti-fascists were like the soldiers on D-Day. Oh, did they? Antifa hates liberals. They say it in no uncertain terms. They correctly identify as me, me as a liberal. I love it. Thank you. But they don't like me either. And they don't like you. No matter who you are, you're Democrat, you're Republican. They don't like you. Now, they'll use the Democrats. You know, they'll hide amongst, um, amongst their protests so that they can be covered when they commit acts of violence. And they're, and they're trying desperately to recruit Democrats. And, and, and so there you go. In the end, the left has, has embraced this insanity. All of these, these, these pieces that appeared in, in the media, statements from CNN anchors defending this behavior, you will reap what you have sown. Mark my words. They're, they're vandalizing the Democrat HQ. Congratulations. Congra- How long until you think they actually come and protest your events? They will. The DNC in 2016 had bigger protests than the RNC. Google it. I'm not making that up. I was at both of them. Bigger mass protests, people trying to jump over fences, security coming out. RNC, nothing. Very little. They're coming after the Democrats, especially after Bernie had, had, their, had, had his, uh, the, the uh, nomination stolen from, stolen from him. So there you go. That's why I've been so adamant about condemning this behavior and pushing it out. But you know what? Well, so be it. If the Democrats won't stand up to Antifa, then they deserve to lose, and they will. I'll see you guys in the next segment at 4 p.m. Big news coming out from Project Veritas. And I, I may have, I, I believe I will have a big story on this. So uh, youtube.com slash Timcast, 4 p.m. And I will see you there. I did talk about this a bit on my main channel video today, following up on the Verpo- uh, Veritas news. But I'm going to go into greater detail on my second channel because I will admit YouTube makes it extremely difficult to talk about news issues. In this video, they call it slaughter in Syria. In reality, it is a military show where people were like, I guess, paying tickets to see or something. I don't know if it was a paid event, but people were going there to enjoy themselves and watch a display of, uh, of, of military uh, weapons. Gizmodo, the left-leaning Gizmodo, even calls this out. ABC News broadcasts fake Syria bombing video that's actually from a Kentucky military show in 2017. I got a question, man. How did this make it to television? How did it make it to all of these networks like Good Morning America and stuff? Who is your fact checker? Boom, there it is. They don't have any. Someone just says, hey, use this footage. I hope it wasn't on purpose. Let's read the story here from Gizmodo and see exactly what happened. ABC News aired a video on Sunday that host Tom Lamas said depicted a Turkish attack in northern Syria against Kurdish civilians. 
Turkey is indeed pushing into Syria and slaughtering Kurds along the way. But the video ABC News played last night is from a military gun demonstration in Kentucky that was published to YouTube in 2017. Quote, this video right here, appearing to show Turkey's military bombing Kurd civilians in a Syrian border town, Lamas said on the October 13th broadcast as the video played. But the explosions in the video are identical to the explosion seen in a video titled Knob Creek Night Shoot 2017. Knob Creek Gun Range in the town of West Point, Kentucky hosts a biannual event called the Military Gun Shoot and Military Gun Show, where weapons are fired at night. Members of the public can come and see the show for a fee in April and October. Side by side, it's clear that the videos are the same. Now, when I first heard that ABC News was trying to pass off gun range footage of war footage, I didn't believe it. You know why? I'm not a gun person. So the first thing I thought of was like an indoor gun range with people pointing at targets. And I'm thinking like, there's no way they showed that footage and claimed it was war. But I do know there are, there, there are uh, um, outdoor ranges too. So I'm like wondering like, what is this going to be like, you know, get set up with a professional table and, and what? And it turns out it's just a gun show. Could you imagine if they show, you know, so, so they do those, uh, um, those uh, fighter jet shows where the, you know, the, where they're called the Blue Angels. Man, I'm, I'm really screwing this up, aren't I? Anyway, they do like, you know, air shows. Could you imagine if they showed that and claimed it was war? Let's read on. Both anchor Tom Lamas and foreign correspondent Ian Pinnell can be heard using language to make it clear that ABC News didn't shoot the video and instead acquired it from an outside source. Did somebody pay for this? Here, I'm going to tell you what I think happened. I think somebody went on Twitter, posted the footage, then someone from ABC said, oh, can we use this? And they were probably like, look at this footage from Syria. And ABC News was like, whoa, and they bought it. I'm willing to bet. Or, or they're like, yeah, feel free to use it, laughing like, what is this? Like, this is how you get your news today? This video obtained by ABC News appears to show the fury of the Turkish attack on the border town of Tal Abyad two nights ago, Penal said during the Sunday broadcast. It's unclear if the video may have been slightly manipulated before it was handed to ABC News, but the unedited video from Kentucky shows people holding up their phones to capture the destruction, while the video broadcast by ABC News appears to have colors that are less saturated than the original. It does look like it was cropped. Now, here's the thing. Who wants to, okay, do you think someone manipulated the footage and then gave it to them, or do you think ABC did it? I got to say, ABC, this one's on you. I have no reason to believe there was none other than you who did this. Like, why would we go ahead and assume they acquired it from a third party? Why wouldn't we just assume they took the footage, cropped out the phones and said, oh, look, look at the footage. It could have been one person at the company who was lazy. It could have been somebody who thought it was funny and was quitting. Who knows? But I'm going to put this one squarely on ABC. And there's more updates I want to get into. Let's read. Uh, Quote, we've taken down videos that aired on World News Tonight Sunday and Good Morning America this morning that appeared to be from the Syrian border immediately after questions were raised about its accuracy. What what do you mean it appeared to be from the Syrian border? No, it didn't. In no way does it appear to be from the Syrian border. It's just a military show. ABC News regrets the error, an ABC News spokesperson told Gizmodo via email. Video of the broadcast was previously available on YouTube, but was set to private after Gizmodo reached out to ABC News producers. Wow. Gizmodo downloaded a copy of the video before it was removed and has uploaded short clips of both videos so people can see for themselves. Now they couldn't help it. Gizmodo couldn't help but slam Trump supporters. Come on. Yeah, they couldn't help themselves. The video's authenticity was first questioned by far-right social media users like Wojciech Powelczyk, 
who described himself as a video researcher and Trump supporter, as well as the pro-Trump blog NOQ report. Are you kidding, dude? It was pointed out by people who saw an error. Far-right social media users, uh. This ABC News broadcast is obviously bad news for people who value accuracy in journalism, and it's sure to provide even more ammunition to pro-Trump supporters who insist that mainstream news outlets are deliberately trying to deceive people. Most news outlets, believe it or not, are trying to tell the truth and know they'll pay dearly if they lose the trust of their readers and viewers. To be clear, there's no question that Turkish forces are currently slaughtering the Kurds, and countless journalists and civilians on the ground can attest. But this particular video is fake, and it's a shame that it was broadcast. I agree with that assessment, and I will also point out the people in New York sitting in an office getting paid, you know, five figures, mid, mid, five to, mid to high five figures, to regurgitate talking points from Twitter are not journalists, and you should be ashamed of yourselves. The people on the ground in Turkey who are risking their lives to get that information out to us, that's journalism. Okay, the people on the ground in Hong Kong, the people on the ground in Minneapolis, that's journalism. But the journalists who sit in a room reading Twitter all day and writing about woke outrage and blaming Trump supporters for some reason, it was noticed by far right person. Oh, come on, dude. People noticed it was fake news. They called it out. Let's just leave it there. But you know what? Because today's fake news day, I got a bunch of fake news stories for you. And we're going to talk about ABC News. Now, here's the thing. I was originally planning on including this in my main channel segment, highlighting that ABC put out fake video and not to say that, you know, they always put out fake video, but just to point out, you can't blindly trust the press. Let's not forget when ABC had to part ways with investigative reporter Brian Ross. Why? Because he botched a story. How many times have I had to say this over and over again that they put out the news and a day later they they correct it? You know why? That video footage from that gun range, I assure you, people have already held up their phones to their family saying, look at this footage. Those family members are never going to Google search this. They weren't even looking at the story in the first place. That's the problem. Someone sees the video on their Twitter. They open it up and they show it to their friends and family. 20 minutes later, an hour later, who cares how long after they see the correction and go, oh, that was fake. And they're not going to show the correction to their friends and family. They're not going to care. So it happens time and time again. And this is why I say you can't just blindly trust the press. Check this out. Brian Ross, this is from a year ago. The chief investigative correspondent for ABC News is leaving the network seven months after he botched a report involving President Trump and the Russia investigation. A mistake that led to a rebuke from the White House and concern about self-inflicted damage by news organizations already facing scrutiny. You better believe it. So let me ask you something. Is it that uh, the far right is weaponizing the fact that the media gets things wrong? Or is the fact that because the media has increasingly become worse and worse at their job, they don't fact check that you are creating the far right? Perhaps people are becoming Trump supporters because they've seen so much fake news, they don't trust you anymore. There was a point I wanted to say I wanted to save for this segment uh, that I didn't get to in my main segment because of the, you know, look, this, this is probably going to get demonetized and deranked. I get it. Let me say this, though. You have these people in media saying, believe it or not, look at this, believe it or not, you know, the media does, uh, you know, uh, most outlets, believe it or not, are trying to tell the truth. Yeah. That's like a drug dealer being like, dude, trust me, it's totally safe. Would I deceive you? Like, I'm trying to make money here, right? And you're like, oh, that's a good point. Yeah, my dealer's not, doesn't want me to get hurt. He needs my money. <laughs> yeah, right. No, don't take the word 
of the media that the media is correct. That's like the police saying, we've investigated ourselves and we found no evidence of wrongdoing. Yeah, please. Sorry, dude. That's why we need an outside source. So when you look at outside sources, they'll actually tell you, go to all sides. They'll show you the bias. Allsides.com. They will show you the bias. So I'll, 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 you know, I'll make my final point. I think, in my, you know, in my opinion, when you have all of this fake news constantly, that you are creating this perception of the far right. You are creating, you're drinking your own Kool-Aid. There are people who oppose you because you pump out fake news. And they're not pushing propaganda to make people think the news is fake. No, the media is falling apart. There are people being laid off. We have exposés outlining how the media uses these, these, these systems. It's, it's, it's all about generating traffic. And then we have Project Veritas coming out today, showing us an employee in no uncertain terms. We are tired of talking about Trump. An employee blowing the whistle saying they're biased. It's propaganda. So when you have these employees who can see it plain as day, when we sit here online reading the fake news, eventually people say enough. So ABC, look, good on you for correcting. I, I respect that you corrected. The problem is that it happened in the first place. Why? What is wrong with your staff that you are so miserable at your job? It keeps happening. This should not have happened. But what can I say? You know, they, they didn't fact check. They could have checked with a source. They could have reached out to the government. They could have waited. They didn't want to wait. They said, we're going to run this tonight. Did you re- reach out to anybody in Turkey, anybody in Syria, anybody in this town? I can't imagine you did. So why should I trust you if literally all you do is regurgitate tweets and YouTube videos? Fake news. Stick around. I got a couple more segments coming up in a few minutes. I will see you shortly. Hollywood actors, the wokest of the woke. Well, the Actors Union passes a new resolution targeting Trump, but won't say his name, citing extraordinary circumstances. Here's what I love, love, love. You know, I I really love China. China, I love you so much. You want to know why I love China? Because China has exposed the complete hypocrisy within our own country. Now, in reality, the amount that I love China is like on a scale of one to 100, two or three, maybe, you know, they've done some fine things with invention. But for the most part, that is all completely outweighed by their human rights abuses, their theft of IP. And I mean, look, China's got serious problems. Censorship, for one, is something I I am very much opposed to. But I'm jokingly saying that I love China for exposing this because you now have Hollywood actors saying, oh, Trump is so bad. I, I w- I'm, one, I'm curious, um, what's, uh, what's, what's all this? You see, uh, apparently in this new film called Abominable, they actually have a depiction of the nine dotted lines uh, over the South China Sea. Uh, they call it the East Sea in Vietnam, I suppose. This is controversial, and it's China trying to seize uh, uh, ocean territory. It has been disputed by many nations. China is expanding its military operations, building military bases on these atolls, on these man-made, you know, uh, islands they're doing. And so here's what, let let me get to the point. Hollywood is outraged at Trump. The NBA, oh, it's outraged at Trump. There was a, there's a funny tweet. It says the NBA took more action, was, was, took more action over North Carolina's bathroom bill than they do over uh, China's egregious human rights violations. But here we go. Look at these stories. In a film produced by DreamWorks, they show a map illustrating China's claims to the South China Sea. What? DreamWorks, what are you doing? Why at DreamWorks are they showing China's claims to the South China Sea? That is insane. Hollywood, bravo. You have proven hypocrisy can go further than I ever imagined. 
I imagine watching, you guys ever watch Dragon Ball Z? It's like imagining, you know, an activist going, ah, and then there's an explosion and their hair turns gold. And it's like, this is hypocrisy level one. And I was like, there's no way they could become more hypocritical than that. And then this happens. DreamWorks pictures depicting the South China Sea uh, as Chinese territory, but then slamming Trump. (laughs) Hypocrisy three. They skipped over two in the series in case you didn't realize. Okay, I'm just kidding. Well, you you probably don't. Whatever. Let's read the story from the Daily Wire. Citing extraordinary times, powerful actors union SAG-AFTRA issued a resolution Friday meant to condemn President Trump, a member of the union whose name the resolution deliberately leaves out. This is not the first time the union has rebuked its Hollywood-hated member. While the resolution passed unanimously by over 400 delegates representing the the 160,000 member union on Friday fails to call out Trump by name, it begins by quoting his repeated description of the media as the enemy of the people. We're living in an extraordinary time when the news media has been attacked as spreading false stories and as the enemy of the people, the resolution reads. SAG-AFTRA has on at least two occasions since the last national convention issued, issued strong statements on behalf of a free and unencumbered press. It continues, SAG-AFTRA believes that the entities that employ journalists must do everything they can to ensure their freedom, protection, and safety. As a proud labor union, representing more than 160,000 broadcasters, actors, and entertainers, the, the union stands with all of its members in ensuring that the basic rights of an unrestricted and independent press continue to be defended, it concludes. I agree. We absolutely need to defend the press above all else. I would also agree that for every tweet sent out about the orange man by these Hollywood actors, they could at least say something about what China is doing when the NBA, when Vans, when Blizzard, when all these companies bend over backwards and say, please, China, shower me, make it rain. We could at least say something, right? So I get it. Look, let's be honest. There's a big difference between SAG-AFTRA saying protect journalism while, you know, without using his name, kind of you know, nudge, nudge, it's Trump, by the way. And a movie literally depicting a, a, like, could you imagine if this is China directly saying we own this territory and it is disputed by all the other countries. I mean, look how far down the South China Sea goes. There are other countries there who need access to these waters. Well, China thinks it's theirs. Could you imagine if someone drew a map and like Canada, like, you know, had a, a line carved out claiming American territory, we'd be like, that's really weird, dude. Why would you do that? The point is, of all of the things to complain about, it is baffling to me that there are people in America who actually defend China. I kid you not. I am not making that up. They say that the Hong Kong protesters, oh man, they were attacking cops. Let's be real. China is just trying to protect order. And I'm like, dude, I do not want to hear it. China has committed such egregious acts. But you look, you look at what happens. These NBA protesters have no problem, you know, making political statements if it's in America, if it's against, you know, the conservatives. You look at what Blizzard said. Uh, if you're not familiar, Blizzard banned a player. They reduced it to a suspension. And they said it wasn't about politics. It was about, you know, these, these broadcasters should not have been talking to this, this guy about Hong Kong. And could you imagine if somebody started yelling politics? Oh, I could imagine because y'all do it all the time. Blizzard always pushes a political message that is offensive to many people. They are full of it. They're absolutely full of it. There was a study I showed like a year and a half ago where they looked at Twitter to figure out where tribes were, and they found that digital marketing overlapped with the resistance. Nowhere near conservatives. That's why when you look to Oreo, when you look to Vans shoes or whatever, they have no problem putting out a shoe that's like, you know, out and proud, LGBT pride and all that stuff. Hey, I happen to like those shoes, right? 
awesome. I'm glad Vans makes them. And then when someone makes a Hong Kong protest shoe, Vans pulls it because China demands it. We, and listen, man, it's one thing to censor your movies. It's one thing to be like, hey, we're going to release this movie in China so we can't show the Taiwanese flag. You know what, man? You're releasing it in China. Fine. I don't like the idea. I don't think American companies should bend that knee. You should air the movie. If they want it, they get it as it's made and they can deal with it. This is a step up. Look at this. In the film, they actually show a Chinese claim to territory. Absolutely incredible. Thank you, Hollywood, for proving that your, your activism means very little. I don't believe you care about any of this. The resolution is the third pro-free press anti-Trump statement passed by the union. The first was issued within the first month of the Trump presidency, three days after he slammed the fake news media as the enemy of the people. The fake news media is not my enemy. It is the enemy of the American people, Trump tweeted. He's talking about fake news media, but then he says, NY Times, NBC News, ABC, CBS, CNN, many people on the right said, no, Trump's talking about the fake stories, not the real journalists. And it's like, come on, man, there's no real distinction. You might perceive it that way. Someone else won't. And that's all that matters. The truth has fallen apart. I'm not going to sit here and pretend I know what Trump meant. I'm not going to play that game. Okay, we're gonna have a conversation about it and say, do will people take it one way? You bet they will. They will. Now, I happen to think the New York Times is kind of bad, but they're pretty much okay. NBC News is pretty good. ABC is pretty good. I actually think CBS is the best of all of these listed here, followed by the New York Times and the rest. Well, eh, CNN's the worst by far. But come on, we live in this world now where Trump could say something. You know, the, the joke is that if Trump came out for oxygen, they would hold their breath. I can agree with defending a free press. What bothers me is that these people don't pay attention. They're not watching what's going on. They're not watching these, these companies pump out fake stories and they just blindly believe it and then defend it. How dare Trump attack these institutions? In response, the powerful union passed a resolution on February 20th, which like its shorter, more recent resolution on the free press opted not to name Trump. Uh, I'm not going to read through all this. You get the point. They say they issued a similar de- uh, defense of the free press. We get, we get all this. I'm curious. I'm curious when SAG-AFTRA, a Hollywood union, will call out the censorship of this content in China. I'm curious when SAG-AFTRA will stand up and say the censorship of, our, of, of the films made by our union members being altered or changed to appease the Communist Party of China is an egregious violation of free expression. Putting in China's claim. Wow. I, I, I kid you not. Check this out. They say Vietnamese viewers quickly spotted the map and started sharing screenshots on social media. The government swiftly announced the film was to be pulled from cinemas. We will revoke the film's license. Okay, SAG-AFTRA, let's see your statement. Your film's being pulled in Vietnam because it depicted a Chinese claim to a, a large body of water. I'm listening. I'm waiting. If you come out, I will have no problem saying thank you for doing so. I just don't believe it'll happen. I don't. We will revoke the film's license. Tai Kwang Dong, Deputy, Deputy Minister of Culture, Sports, and Tourism, was quoted as saying by the Tron Yen newspaper. Now, I, I will say this. I disagree with that too, man. <laughs> like, dude, don't, don't ban a film because they show this. Let everyone see it. I think it's, it's terrifying that they would ban the movie. But the point is, it's offensive and it's shocking that, that a Hollywood film, a DreamWorks picture. Now, it was produced with the Shanghai-based Pearl Studio. I get that. This, to me, probably didn't come from Hollywood. I think while it was being animated in Shanghai or whatever, they put that in there. They put it in. It's amazing. But you know what's really funny? The NBA did the same thing. I kid you not. The NBA showed this map with the nine dotted lines in the South China Sea. 
Boy, I feel for y'all in Hong Kong, man. I really, really do. Check this out. Heightened tensions between Vietnam and China. In August, police broke up a rare protest outside the Chinese embassy in Hanoi over the latest dispute surrounding China's incursion into Vietnamese waters. Yep. Look at what China's doing. Get out of here. <laughs> so uh, uh, Hollywood, I'm, uh, I'm asking, are you going to be consistent? You're going to call out real violations? Nah, I didn't think so. You're going to make movies that actually depict, this is nuts. That's incredible. I kind of want to go see this now and just wait for that scene. Anyway, stick around. I got another segment coming up for you in, an, in a few minutes, and I will see you all shortly. From CNN Business, and I love that I'm using this source because I've been ragging on CNN all day, but I'll stress, I love using CNN when I can to make that point. That, I, that, that you know, first of all, I feel bad for a lot of these employees who are forced to talk about Trump all day, but using CNN proves a point. Look at the story. Target raised wages, but some workers say their hours were cut, leaving them struggling. Whoa, 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 whoa. You mean to tell me that raising wages was just a stunt to make people think they were doing better to get activist heat off their back, and then they fired people and cut hours, or just, I shouldn't say fired people, that was a little hyperbolic, they cut hours? The reason I like using CNN for this is because of their bias. If the story is going to appear on CNN that workers are still struggling and their hours are being cut, well, it's likely to be the case, because CNN doesn't seem like someone who wants to defend Republicans. But let's read this story from CNN Business about raising its, uh, about how Target is cutting hours. Surprise. They say, two years ago, Target said it would raise its minimum wage to $15 an hour by the end of 2020. The move won praise from labor advocates and put pressure on other companies to also move to $15 an hour. But some store workers say the wage increases are not helping because their hours are falling, making it difficult to keep their health insurance and in some cases pay their bills. Whoa, whoa, whoa. You mean it got worse? Not only are they not making enough money now, but because their hours are cut, they can't keep their health insurance and they can't pay their bills. Who could have seen this coming? Listen, for a long time, I was very, very much in favor of a minimum wage because for a long time it did make sense. And in many cases, it still does today. The issue of a base salary or base wage is not black or white. I'll give you a simple example. And for those that have seen my videos on, minimum, on the minimum wage, forgive me for saying this again, but it's important context as we start reading through the story technology. Right now, it is easier than ever to replace these employees with kiosks, many of them at least. And so they can easily cut your hours and pay for that machine. Now, some say, yeah, but they're going to do that anyway. No, listen, if it costs $20,000 a year to hire somebody and you say that machine costs $50,000, I'd rather just spend the $20,000 this year, right? It's kind of like buying a house or getting a loan. Yeah, you can spend the 20 grand now and own the car or for 2000 bucks now, you'll just have to pay for a longer period of time. It'll cost you more in the long run, but it's easier to do, right? That's how it works. So today, technology really is threatening low-skill jobs. We can't just rush into forcing these companies or incentivizing them to fire all of these people. The other issue I will bring up as to why the minimum wage does make sense, imports. When you raise the wages, you might say, yeah, but that's going to cause things to inflate. You're right, locally. But, but products we import from you know foreign countries aren't going to fluctuate as rapidly, which means if everyone in New Jersey gets a, a pay increase, it's now more likely they can buy an imported product because those prices won't change based on the minimum wage. This is why national level minimum wages are actually kind of dangerous because then all the products you get from other parts of the country will just rapidly inflate. It's a complicated system process. Sometimes makes sense. It does. And today, as of right now, it doesn't for a few reasons. They, they have the technology to not only get rid of your job, 
but to move their, their money overseas and make their business work elsewhere. And more importantly, as we're entering a digital economy, you can very easily run your business from a foreign country if you're producing a digital product that doesn't need to be physically located in the United States. That means they don't got to hire your people anymore. Let's read. CNN Business interviewed 23 current and former Target employees in recent months, including department managers who say hours have been scaled back even as Target has increased starting wages. Many of these workers say the cuts, which come as Target's business is in its strongest position in more than a decade, have hurt them financially. CNN Business agreed to withhold the last names of several of the current employees and the city where the store is located so they could speak freely. So let me just tell you now, there is nothing you can do to force businesses to pay what you want them to. There are always going to be loopholes. Some companies will just close down and say it's not worth it if you push too hard. Or they'll say, fine, 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 we'll pay more and give you less hours. And you, there, there are limits to what you can make a business do. The end result in any capacity will always be if you keep trying to pressure these businesses, it will just be state control of the business. Yeah, we don't want that. That's, that's not even like communism, sort of. That's like almost fascism in a way. Let's read. Quote, I got that dollar raise, but I'm getting $200 less in my paycheck, said one, Heather, who started in November at a Florida store working around 40 hours a week. She's now below 20 some weeks, she said. I have no idea how I'm going to pay rent or buy food. And I will tell you what, they're going to make you work twice as hard. They're going to give you a bigger load and say, well, you better get it done. And you know what? It might be an impossible workload, but you do the best you can because they look, they're, they're going to cut costs. They don't want their labor to go up. Hours for workers in retail are notoriously unpredictable and often depend on the season or how well stores are performing. In the retail industry, the average hourly work week has dropped for employees this year compared with a year earlier, according to the Bureau of Labor Statistics. Beyond just a drop in earnings that target workers who spoke with CNN Business have experienced, Employees who average fewer than 30 hours of work a week during the year aren't eligible to qualify for health insurance benefits. Not only now are they cutting their hours, but they're paying less on health insurance. They say uh, through annual enrollment season in the spring. Target offers health insurance benefits to eligible employees who average more than 30 hours a week, according to the company. Target does not publicly disclose other requirements to qualify for health insurance benefits. Target worked me hard from mid-July of 2018 to February 2019, right before my medical coverage was about to kick in, said Karen Morales, a former Target employee in Diamond Bar, California. She was averaging around 35 to 40 hours a week, she said, and got a letter from the company in February with information about how to sign up for health insurance benefits. They cut my hours right then, and so I begged for hours and always went above and beyond she quit in May after her hours plummeted to as little as 15 a week. I called in on May 1st and said, I can't come in today or ever again because I can't afford my daughter's daycare. You guys cut me really bad. Now let me just stop. And I'll tell you, I'll give you my left wing bona fides. We cannot allow this. That is, that is unheard of. A company will incentivize you and say, once you reach this threshold, we're going to give you this benefit. And then as soon as you get there, cut your hours so you can't. To me, that's fraud. When you tell someone after 90 days, we give you health insurance. You work here full time, 90 days, you're going to get health benefits. Come on, come over. They do. And after 90 days, you say, eh, sorry. She was there for like a year, right? The point is, if you promise someone something and then flip on them, that is disgusting and despicable. And I believe you deceived them. It's complicated though. 
Because what can you do to stop a business from doing that? They can fire you. This is why I do believe in labor protections. This is why I do believe employees must have rights. And it's why I'm a huge fan of collective bargaining. Unfortunately, collective bargaining becomes unions. Unions become corrupt, corrupt, and they don't get the job done. It is a complicated system. Guess what? Haha, Tim's a centrist. Get it? I think there's a lot of really powerful, important things that come from labor rights movements. And then eventually you end up with corrupt unions that don't do anything. And you end up with weird laws that prevent the unions from actually doing anything in the first place. So here we can see the problem isn't just the minimum wage. It's actually Target saying, hey, well, you know, you, you could argue it is. You could argue that because of the, the wage hikes, they cut her, her wages. Because let's look, look at it this way. They say two years ago, they said it's going to raise its minimum wage to $15 an hour by the end of 2020. There you go. So here's what happens. In July of 2018, she starts working. A year goes by or just, just under a year. And now they have to start increasing wages because it's a gradual process and they cut her hours to make up for that. You know what? Maybe they shouldn't. Maybe they can't. Like maybe the business just doesn't have the money to deal with paying health care and an increase in wages and had no choice but to cut her hours, resulting in a loss of benefits. I think there, there, there's got to be something we, we can do, you know, and, I, and I'll admit I can criticize the business, but I don't know enough about what happened inside that company. Why did they cut her hours? We could argue it was because she was about to get health care benefits. We could also argue it was because the policy enacted due to pressure from activists resulted in them increasing salaries and this particular manager saying, we've got to find money in the budget. I've got to cut hours. And it wasn't intentional. This could very well just be, as CNN is trying to frame it, a massive backfiring. And I believe that's actually more likely. I do. But I'll admit, man, I'll be the first to admit these businesses absolutely will try and screw over their employees. Come on, let's be real. A spokesperson for Target would not address specific employed records, such as Morales's, but did confirm that the store she worked at slightly decreased its payroll and workers' hours from 2018 to 2019. And there it is. It wasn't an individual case. According to the store, if we're to trust them, everyone took a hit. I bet it's likely that as they were increasing those salaries, they said, just because we're paying more doesn't mean we have more money. Let's say you have 100 bucks and you're saying to somebody, I'm going to pay you 100 bucks Per, or 20 bucks an hour. You can afford five hours. You need your you know, lawn mode. Someone then says, that's not fair. You should pay them 20 bucks an hour. And to avoid the activists, you say, fine, fine, fine. Uh, I'm sorry, you, you are paying 20 bucks an hour. They, should pay, they say you should pay, you know, uh, $33 an hour. Well, now you can only afford three hours because you still only have a hundred bucks. So you say, fine. And then as soon as the person's three hours are done, you're like, bye. And they're like, but wait, I was supposed to work five hours today. Nope, sorry, we can't afford it. And so they never finished. Anyway, that's, that's the point. I can't believe I've already talked this long on this issue. I do try to keep these stories shorter. So I'll just make that point, right? A spokesperson for Target said the overall payroll hours at Beecher's store have increased more than 7% year to date. Target declined to say whether the average hours for employees at the store has increased this year. So l- let me just end by saying this. These activists don't look at the ramifications. They don't think about what the results will be. I can raise your money. I can raise your, your pay, but if I only have a finite budget, how can I, I'll cut your hours to make up for them. The money doesn't exist. They seem to think there's a pool of money, an infinite pool of money. I get it, man. Sometimes these, these people make a ton of profits, these companies, but you have to also have to recognize that a company with say, you know, a hundred thousand employees, what you do a dollar an hour, you're, you're increasing 40 times a hundred thousand times a dollar. You see how that works. It doesn't spread out enough. But you get it. You get it. The story we have here, and I'll just wrap it up. I'm done. Is that the activists have pushed this policy and now it's backfiring on the employees. 
You know, it's, 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 it sucks. But that, that's, look, money is finite. I'll see you all tomorrow at 10 a.m. Podcast at 6.30. Thanks for hanging out. Adios.